Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Unraveling Cities. Uh, I'm Natalia, uh, co-founder and CEO at Chaos, and I'm really, really happy about our next guest. So um, my guest today uh, works in the architecture industry, and he's very familiar with all the things that are related to sustainability. And he's currently the event and communications coordinator at ArcInfo Finland, the information center for Finnish architecture that fosters interest in the Finnish architecture and increases appreciation for the built environment. So welcome, Paavo Pauli. Like, very nice to have you. Thank you, Natalia. I'm happy to be here. Happy to uh, be having this conversation with you. Yeah. And uh, we we met just like, well, a little while ago, uh, maybe this year, but in spring, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, I started to actually learn a lot about like what you're doing and Arc Info and so on. Of course, this is some uh, newspaper magazine that uh, architects follow. So mm-hmm. I was familiar with that. But then I got very interested in everything that you're doing. Uh, I know that... Uh, you're involved uh, in a lot of topics related to local policies. Yeah. Uh, and, and now we met through this uh, event that was organized in Tampere uh, about this new architectural program. So could you tell a little bit uh, about your background and how you ended up there, you know, so to all of our listeners as well? Certainly. So basically, <clears throat> um, I'm going to start by talking about uh, how I went to university, what I studied, and then how I ended up in this sort of architecture and AEC industry through a couple different, through a a way that I kind of didn't realize was even possible when I started studying. So uh, I graduated this past summer, actually. I got my master's uh, degree in political science. Thank you, (laughs) thank you. Um, and, And so when I started studying, you know, Uh, I was like always interested in in history and and social sciences and uh, and social stuff like that when when I you know was in high school and middle school, and I and I saw this I was like hey this looks interesting, so I, I went there and um uh, this was in 2016 when I started studying, and so then a few years after that I think right as I I got my um my bachelor's degree I had my first internship which was at the city of Turku that's where I studied. Um, mm-hmm. In a project called Kuus uh, Aika, which was uh, the six six largest cities in Finland, who were kind of they worked together to provide a platform for companies and startups to test different uh, solutions and products that would make life in the city more, you know, sustainable or somehow better. Um, and and then they could get feedback from you know real users about their product or their service or their solution, and then make it better. Um, and and this internship there kind of made me realize how much cities can really affect the quality of life uh, for their inhabitants, as well as uh, combat issues such as climate change and and, and social inequality and, and things like that. So that was kind of my first experience in this whole world of of you know cities and and, and architecture and sustainability, and and it was really a, an eye opening moment in that sense. And then the next summer. I ended up at Kirahab, which which I'm sure you are familiar with, and I think uh, one one former Kirahab employee, Sami Lankinami, was a guest on the on your show. Yes, uh, some point now you're recently. revealing. Yes, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I saw it on LinkedIn. He was talking about it. That's the yes, only way yes. I know about it. It was super interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I can I can't wait to listen to the episode. But uh so Sami is a friend of mine actually who I know just from you know from Turku through just other ways. And and he he called me and said, Hey, are, do you need a internship or a job for the summer? And I was like, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so so I was at Kira Hub for four or five months a, a few years ago. And that was sort of my first kind of foray into the world of AEC and a more like a technical side of this. Like the the cool side guy internship uh, was more of a it helped me realize the potential that cities have. Uh, and then Kirahab and the companies and startups and people I met there kind of helped me learn about the more technical aspects of of how all of that works and how startups and companies actually like tackle these issues and and all the different events that they had like the WDB and things like those really kind of opened my eyes. To a, to a kind of different side of that whole world. Um, and so then last spring, spring of 2022, uh, when I was writing my master's thesis, I was looking for jobs at the same time. And I came across a, a job advertisement uh, for my current job at Arc Info. And they were looking for someone to help out with communications and, and events regarding the newly published or actually finalized. I don't think it was officially published even at the time. Uh, but the new architectural policy program and and I looked at it and I was like, wow, this seems something that I'd be perfect for. And I and I uh, applied. And and next thing I knew, I was I was working <laughs> there and and moving to Helsinki. I love um, the confidence. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at it and I was like, I check all these boxes. Like this this seems very interesting. And and again, a a different side of this whole world. You know, more mm-hmm. focused on the architecture. While the while Kirahab was more kind of technical. And and I'd see all these you know different different things there. But then uh, Arkinfo was more like architecture centered. Um, and, and I guess that brings me to Arkinfo and a little about, about what they do. So as you said, Arkinfo is the information center for Finnish architecture. And I'd say Arkinfo's mission can be divided into three categories, uh, increase, increasing the appreciation of Finnish architecture and cultural heritage domestically, promoting Finnish architecture globally, and increasing the social impact of architecture. And my job revolves around that third one, uh, which is the architectural policy program, and guides cities into making better choices for their for their you know citizens and the and the societies within through architecture and the built environment. So so that's that's what Arkinfo does. We do a lot of things, but mine mine is mostly in that you know social advocacy side of of Arkinfo. Yeah. That that sounds super interesting. So you're like becoming an architect in disguise. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a very interesting, um, you know, school for me because obviously I didn't go to school for architecture or engineering. I've always been interested in that, and I've always been interested in in societies and how technology and societies kind of intertwine. Maybe because I was born in a time when technology mm-hmm. kind of really started affecting our lives more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, everything I've I've been doing there, I keep learning more and more about, uh, you know, architecture and all these different. Uh, internships and jobs that I've had have taught me so much of this this world that I keep keep learning more and more, and it's it's all very interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, I'm an architect myself, so what could I say in there? But uh, I love this how you put it. Like um, you said something really interesting, and I'm always like catching these phrases, you know, because uh, I'm I'm writing a book <laughs> about you this. Are, like, wow. <laughs> no, That's that amazing. was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, you know, I, I while listening to all the guests, they they always have this like phrase that it, like hits, you mm-hmm. know. And and well, right now 
you said is the potential of cities. And yeah. I feel there's a lot of things to ask from there. So, yeah. like, what do you mean the potential in what? We actually had, um, before you answer, like, this uh, blog uh, in our website some time ago, which was just speaking about cities. You know, what is a city mm -hmm. uh, uh, in general? And what does it allow you to do? So, can you, like, open that a little bit, your thought on that? Sure. So, so cities, you know, obviously um, have, by definition, a lot of people in them. And I, and I think that's where the city's kind of power really is, is, is there's so many people there and so many different possibilities. Uh, and, and it offers, you know, you know, I think since the beginning of time, almost people come together and share ideas and, and, and share thoughts. And I, I think through that, we, we sort of, you know, evolve as a, as a, as a society, And I think cities are the are the places where that happens. So, so I think I think cities the, the potential really lies in the people uh, who are in the city, and and you know obviously the things that I I I, I work with in in my job is you know how much the city affects these people. I think it might be sort of a symbiosis between the people and the city, and how they can kind of help each other. And and I think obviously you know cities have a, a lot of a lot of potential. Um, just because uh, of, of the sheer amount of, of you know, people and, and, and stuff that goes on in them. And I think, uh, you know, they're the key to kind of uh, make our future more, more sustainable. And, and it happens through, you know, having universities, having companies that think about these things and, and, and the cities trying to make life more, you know, livable and vibrant and, and better for their citizens. And I think it happens through trial and error sometimes, but, but it, it keeps going into, I think, a better direction. And 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 through technology, technological advancements and things, I, I think, you know, the real sort of keys to making making life better, not just for us, but for future generations too, are are in cities. So I, I think they have a great deal of potential. And that isn't to say that you know rural areas don't have any potential. They they obviously do. But I think that sort of advancement happens in the cities, and that's where I think their their kind of you know potential really lies. Yeah, uh, and I think you put it really well. Like you, you pointed out, like well, what I, at least I took three points from here. It's like one, cities have so many people, exactly. so that's one uh, compared to rural like zones, and yeah. the fact that you have like so much people, so many of them, like um, it creates a movement, so it's easier or more scalable. Exactly, are thinking in those terms. Uh, Then you said that, and then the real potential lies on the lives of people. Exactly. So then the second one is you're going more local, more concrete, more like individual. Yeah. And then the third, you said that there's uh, there's a lot that the cities affect to people, the effect that they have exactly. on people. Exactly. Uh, I And I like this part. Uh, yesterday I was pitching and I was saying that We don't have solutions that help us understand yet, like the effects or what are the factors that affect the demand uh, and the demand yeah. being people. Uh, and I think you're like touching a very sensitive topic there because a lot of things affect affect people. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think people even really realize it. And 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 kind of like I was talking about my first internship at the city of Turku. Um, it kind of helped me realize it for the first time as well, even though, you know, I've always been, been interested in, in, in how the society works and, and things like that. But it, it kind of really opened my eyes to like 
these buildings and these you know street signs and these you know information pylons and 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 anything everything that that kind of is around us it, it affects us a lot like more than we kind of even realize or more than people realize you know a lot of people i i i assume don't really think about these things very often but but they have such a huge effect on us and and i don't think people even even realize how much of an effect it has on us i completely agree and and there's a lot of discussion for example in uh when it comes to policy uh mm. when when we are comparing that uh, not everyone in the world uh, is born with the same opportunities. Because exactly. th- just, you know, the neighborhood that you are yeah. going to school to already affects like what, what, like the possibilities that you can, by statistics, I'm, I'm strictly referring by statistics, so, you know, yeah. here, uh, like, what are you going to become when exactly older and uh then i have to clarify that i don't believe in that i believe that everybody has a potential to become whatever they want so but I, i think you know all of these affects a lot so 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 maybe then i ask you this question so now that we are discussing about all the effects and so on uh the architecture policy is playing yeah. like really an important role in shaping all that like in, yeah. in shaping the city and and shaping people's lives as well so it, it is like kind of like a plan of like this is how you know the the type typology of architecture is going to be or the design the buildings uh, construction etc but can you open more about this in uh what is the importance of architecture policy and the impact that it has on the development the identity the livability of cities can, can you open that a little bit more from your perspective Yeah, absolutely. And and I think something that you just said uh, before that question about, you know, where you kind of live really affects affects your life. And I, I think that's absolutely true. And, 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 you know, there is, there is a lot of uh, areas globally where there is sort of, you know, there's a lot of inequality and, and I, and one of the, the things that the, the um, architectural policy program talks about is, is the sort of social sustainability of it as well, where, where, uh, when new, areas uh, in in a city or new buildings are being made they should think about the social uh, you know sustainability as well or if there's some sort of social inequality in that area and how does that building help uh you know combat that issue but um about the relationship between architectural policy program and and development and identity of a city um so the architectural policy program kind of as you said there doesn't exactly doesn't make new laws or rules about architecture or materials it doesn't say okay buildings have to look this way now or they have to be built with this material but what it does is it makes these guidelines about how uh, the future of, of the built environment can be more sustainable and and not just you know ecologically or, or financially sustainable but socially and aesthetically sustainable too for example and um Uh, I think a city's identity plays a big role uh, in the development of a of an architectural policy program. So to clarify, there's in Finland there's the national architectural policy program, which is kind of what I work with, and then cities or municipalities or even provinces can make their own architectural policy program, and that's something that we'd like to see more of is, is cities making their own ones. And as you might recall, at uh, Apolipaiva a couple months ago. Uh, Hanna Montanen from the city of Tampere was showcasing the brand new architectural policy program of Tampere. And one thing that really stood out to me from her presentation 
was how much the identity of Tampere, uh, you know, played a part in developing the new program and how they wanted to kind of use that uh, in the development process. So uh, it, it kind of ties into the identity and the development of a city quite a lot in some cases. And some others, uh, I think it might just be in the background as a framework to kind of develop ideas in and might not tie into the actual program as much. But I think it works better if the city really kind of realizes its kind of identity and how it can use that uh, beneficially. One thing, one example that comes to mind uh, from Denmark, actually, is a town called Vejle, V-E-J-L-E, um, which is a small town, but it's kind of put itself on the map through very interesting architecture. And it's become sort of this... Um, you know, um, a destination kind of for architecture uh, fans to to go and see it. And and I think that's something that, you know, uh, smaller towns especially could kind of look into and, and maybe there's some untapped potential there for a lot of places where they could, they could kind of make themselves much more, um, I don't know if attractive is the right word, but, but in some sense, you know, uh, more attractive, I guess, uh, to, for, for, you know, people living in the, in that area or for people visiting through architecture it plays a such a big role in everything we do and that's kind of the the kind of thing that the so that the architectural policy program wants to kind of help people realize is how much architecture affects everything that we do yeah yeah and i think you're putting it right uh in a very nice way um i was like uh commuting from like the airport back to the city yesterday mm -hmm. and uh i saw uh in sweden that uh there was, um, well, when, when you're driving, you know, and, and you have like mm -hmm. these very big farms and, and like these uh, smaller towns as well. And one town was uh, advertising uh, somehow, if I remember correctly, like, uh, I don't remember now the name of the town, but it, it was saying something like, uh, where the old meet the new. So right. come and see all the things that we are doing and learn about our history. Right. It was something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's like what you mean also, uh, like in local identity as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That That's exactly what it is. And 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 uh, I, I, you see a lot of those even driving around in Finland, especially when you kind of go more into rural areas is, is you see these different sort of these municipalities are kind of advertising themselves, like move to this place or or this place. And then they have... Maybe they have like some sort of uh, illustration of the area or what it's known for, you know, agriculture or something. But they can, you know, use those things to to, you know, potentially, you know, uh, make people move there. Um, I think one thing that we've seen in the past few years through the pandemic is even in Finland, people are moving within inside the country a lot because it's kind of helped us realize that you don't have to live in the center of Helsinki but you can still kind of have a job that's based in Helsinki. You can just commute there every once in a while, but you can live somewhere else. And and I think, you know, uh, especially smaller smaller um, municipalities and, and towns uh, should kind of, you know, realize that and, and use it much more to their benefit. And, yeah. and some do, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm certain that some do. Yeah, and I think it, it usually happens because uh, at least like when, when we have a, a city that has... Um, started to maybe change its name to either uh well a growing city or capital or whatever right. then then we have these adjacent little towns that start aggregating to that and then it becomes the suburbs of the city exactly then it's very hard to now like where is the line you know it starts to blur because now everybody it, it's becoming a metropolis or depending yeah. the size of course 
But then I think, uh, at least in Finland, when we have these cases like Helsinki and Tampere, and then we have Hamelin in the middle, and, and yeah. you're uh, kind of creating a force in there, like everybody's just uh, understanding the role that they play in that, you know, commuting. So yeah. what role does Helsinki play and Tampere and Hamelina? And then you start defining your architecture program or guidelines like that. Yeah. In your opinion, or like, what have you seen? Like, what what are the key elements that we have to have in these guidelines to uh, guide our cities to be more sustainable? What are the things that we definitely ha should have there? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, a few different things come to mind. Uh, I'd say the first thing, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit already, is is that these cities or towns uh, have to realize the strengths and weaknesses that they have. You know the you know respective towns that have their own strengths and weaknesses. You know what do they need to improve on? Um, one thing that I I, I see uh, as someone who's who's still uh, fairly young and was in in, in uh, university recently is is I think a lot of smaller places are losing their young population, which which in one sense you know makes sense because universities are located in, in big towns. But for example, how can they you know help keep people in in their smaller towns and 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 not have the risk of, of, you know, having a diminishing population until one day the place doesn't really even exist anymore. Um, so they have to realize those weaknesses, but they also uh, have to realize what they have that other places can offer. Uh, it can be affordable living, more space, better schools, better infrastructure, whatever it may be. I think they, they kind of need to realize what those strengths and weaknesses are and tap into them and, and use that to to help develop uh, a plan to make make it more sustainable. Um, uh, the next thing that comes to mind, and I think this is a very important one, is speaking with local residents and asking what people want to see in their communities. Um, one thing that we've we've been doing at Arkinfo um, uh, is we've had this series of events around Finland. One was actually in Hämeenlinna. Uh, we've had some in in Kuopio and in Kouvola, uh, Kotka. Uh, we have one coming up in Pori in January. Uh, different places, and and we have these events where where people who are on behalf of the city are there, so city officials, um, local business owners, and just just citizens, people basically off the street, and we want to create this forum where where people can kind of come in and give their opinions and and just have a conversation about about the identity of the city and how architecture and and the built environment kind of builds into that and help in one hand. People understand the role of, of architecture as, as we've been speaking here, how much it affects people. And on the other hand, help help these city officials kind of realize what the local people uh, want or how do they feel about a certain thing. Um, and, and in many instances, these city officials have been very thankful for the events and they've got new ideas and points of view that they hadn't thought about. And that's like that's what they've told us. And also the local residents feel like their opinions are heard. Uh, I feel like in a lot of cases when it comes to politics in general or, or, you know, city planning. I think a lot of people feel like the decisions are being made behind closed doors at city hall or something. And, and they feel like they, they don't have any effect on what happens. Um, uh, but, but I, I feel like through these events and, and hopefully cities and towns will have more of these, you know, just organized on their own where, where people can come together and, and have open discussions about it. Um, and one thing that comes to mind from that is, is there's recently 
it started in Helsingin Sanomat, and then I've seen uh, a similar thing in Turun Sanomat and in a newspaper in Tampere about people can vote about the prettiest or the ugliest street in their <laughs> in their city. And they've been very like popular, at least the one in Helsingin Sanomat like, created a lot of discussion. So what that shows me is that people actually have a lot of opinions on on where they live, even though they might not realize how much architecture affects them. They definitely, you know, can point at, at buildings and say that's ugly or that that's pretty. Absolutely, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I think a huge thing is speaking with the local people, and and that also reminds me of the project that uh, you guys did at Chaos with the municipality of Sipo. I've used that as an example multiple times, where where um. You can probably explain better than I can, but where where you had uh, local residents kind of vote on how to use the funds in in improving a local park, um, but I think that sort of a platform is a very good thing and 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 something that that these you know uh, cities and municipalities should should uh, use more. Um, and then the third thing uh, that comes to mind is realizing that sustainability isn't just about money or the environment. Um, like I said earlier. Uh, the new architectural policy program talks about sustainability from many different points of view, such as social and aesthetical and cultural, you know, um, sustainability. In addition to the usual, you know, we talk, we think of sustainability, we think about uh, money or the environment, which obviously are also important parts of that. Uh, but what that kind of means is that when when building new buildings or or you know areas, we should consider what purpose they're going to serve for their lifespan. You know, can they be transformed to serve a different purpose? such as an apartment building transformed into offices or vice versa. I feel like that's something that's fairly common these days, but, but, you know, that's you funny know, that the, you say fairly common, like now, now we are still in the transition, but it's good that yeah. it's now in, in our heads that that's common. Exactly. That it's becoming and the new normal. Exactly. Uh, you know, um, one thing that I was just, just writing an article about is I can remember the exact number, but the amount of, you know, uh, emissions that comes from building new buildings is is insane like just the amount of like em total emissions globally it's it's ridiculous how how much that is so if we could you know help utilize older buildings and transform them into something new i think that would be a huge key in in tackling tackling a lot of these uh you know uh issues related to you know climate climate change that we have globally um but also uh, another thing still about these different you know points of view to sustainability um, the people when, when building new buildings, uh, I think they should think about the people who are going to be using that building. What do they need? Are those needs being met? Um, you know, what is the area where it's being built? How does it kind of, how does it kind of serve that community in that area? Um, and lastly, you know, while we can't really predict what kind of architecture is going to be in, you know, in 20 or 30 years, um, I think buildings can still, you know, we can make an effort to make buildings look timeless. And, um, and, you know, one thing that you see a lot is there's bit like new apartment buildings being built now that kind of resemble that sort of classical architecture of the twenties and thirties, even, even right here in Helsinki. And, and those, you know, look, look very classy and, and timeless in a sense. And, and, and like I said, we, we don't know what's going to look cool or interesting in 50 years, but, but, um, but, um, but we can definitely kind of make, try and make an effort, uh, to make buildings last longer than than they do now, at least in a lot of cases. So there's a there's a few different things, um, you know, realizing the strengths and weaknesses that cities might have, talking with local residents, and realizing the, all the different ways that sustainability can be kind of utilized, not just money or the or the planet, but other ways as well.
Yeah, I like this. And there's so many points to pick from here. Um, maybe I start with this last point that is, um, <clears throat> you said that this timeless, I think you gave a very good definition because, okay, what is timeless, you know, like mm. uh, you go to Rome and you see these like Coliseum and we're not building exactly. like that anymore, but come on, like right. you, you want to preserve that. <laughs> and, Absolutely. Uh, and then you come like, I mean, I guess that's the magic of architecture. You go anywhere in the world and you see all these buildings with different you know yeah. styles and and you go to um China and you see how the beams are connected and exactly. and you want to preserve that as well. So I guess this timeless is like um hard to define. Absolutely but, it is. Yeah. But I, I like what you mean uh, or meant with this last longer. I think that's yeah. a good definition because if we think like that we're not thinking of a span of 20 years 30 years 50 years maybe we're speaking about 100 years or more exactly. when you know when different generations are building an attachment to the building in a way and of yeah. course that is also adding character to the building because let's face it like a lot of times in history history has been leaving very beautiful traces And yeah. at least for me as an architect, uh, I prefer things with character, you know, than just like very shiny new. So yeah. I think that that definition of lasting longer is very good because it makes you think that this building, the emissions that are released right now are going to, you know, be X amount of emissions. But yeah. when after hundred years, if we design it in a good way, we can count the emissions that this, for example, local city is releasing, it's going to be X amount, for example. Yeah. So it's a more control way to build. Uh, and then you mentioned all these like uh, transforming buildings, uh, yeah. which is, it's very interesting because uh, we had also uh, in another episode, Hena Helander, and she was uh, saying that, and I like this from uh, the phrase that she meant that, um, Our cities are not sustainable as long as there is empty space in the city. Yeah. And I love that because it is true. It's like we are used Absolutely. to think that we need for two hours a day, we need a certain building, let's call it gym. For eight hours a day, we need another building, which is office. And yeah. then another one, which is home or, you know, whatever. Exactly, But yeah. what if, you know, the... During the transition of the day, the building is just changing use, you know, and I, I, exactly. I don't mean that we need to stay in one building. I mean, we can change, but the activities in the building can change as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Uh, what, what Hannah said and, and what, what you're, what you're talking about. Absolutely. Um, buildings should have more than one purpose, more than one thing that they can be used for. Um, uh, that's, that's a, that's a very good point. Yeah. And so based on that, like what, what are, well, before I ask you that, I had another question. So about citizen engagement, I, I, I love this and I, I truly support this. Um, there's still a lack, I would say of, uh, participation, even Absolutely. when it becomes popular, you know, because there's always a percentage of the population that really gets involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what about the rest? And, 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 how can we motivate everyone you know 
to constantly be participating. We don't have to become all politicians, but right. what are the things that we're still lacking like for that number to increase? That's a that's a great question, and and when you get the answer to that, please let, let me know. No, <laughs> we're trying it, to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, um, one thing uh, that certainly comes to mind is it should be easier. Uh, I feel like there's there's been attempts. For example, uh, the city of Helsinki has the Kerrok Kantasi website where people can kind of tell their opinions on different uh, projects that are going on. Uh, the city of Turku recently had a similar thing. They're they're planning on making a tram. Uh, that goes through the city so you could kind of vote on on the route that it takes through the city and, and things like that but definitely needs to be more informed for people first of all a that they can actually have an effect on these things i don't think people understand that to begin with and secondly it needs to be more easily done um and i'd say one is is through some sort of platform online everyone is on the internet now um so it has to but it has to become more of like there has to be some sort of a paradigm shift i think where people have to realize that they can actually affect these things. And then it has to be easily accessible either through the internet or some, some other way. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so, so there's a few things that need to happen. Um, we're doing our part somehow in that sort of uh, paradigm shift and helping make people realize that they can actually, that they're allowed to have opinions on architecture and the built environment and, and their cities and, and that they can actually, uh, affect them and and obviously you know we can't have an election every time that the city is planning on building a new building they can't gather the entire city there and okay everyone vote on this building do you like it or not yeah. but um and there's obviously there's going to be people who who don't care enough there's you know there's people who aren't going to be interested in these things but uh, but a lot of people are and and i think we need to bring these communities somehow together more and 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 help think of a way way to do it. One thing that comes to mind is there's a huge Facebook group in Finland called Architecture Kapina, or um, architecture um, kind of resistance, I guess is what it would be called. And 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 their whole thing is that they're um, they're against you know these like brand new like modern buildings, and 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 they're they're sort of fans of classical architecture, and and you know they're they're against ugly buildings, as they say. And it, it's it's a very kind of you know heated discussion there there, and they have a very kind of strict point of view. But still, it shows that there's a lot of people who have strong opinions on it. Um, yeah, and, and and I think that's fair as well. Yeah, absolutely, they, and it's a great thing that they have strong opinions on it. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, but it's, you you're also saying this that um, that you said like also beautiful architecture. You mentioned at some point like in the sustainability part. Hopefully, we can also create you know timeless exactly. architecture and. Um, now when you're mentioning this, it's, uh, I guess that timeless also doesn't mean one particular style. No, it doesn't. It, so, it can mean yeah. different things. Yeah. And, and especially obviously globally architecture looks different when you, you know, leave Helsinki and you go to Africa, you go to Asia, you go to the United States or wherever, yeah. um, it, it's going to look different. And so, so timeless architecture and style means different things in different parts of the world. And obviously, like I said, the huge challenges, we're not going to know what kind of architecture is going to look good in 50 years? What are they going to be building, you know, and, and, uh, and are they going to look at buildings built now and say, wow, these are so ugly. Let's tear them all down and make something, <laughs> something that looks better. So there's a big challenge there and we can predict the future in, in that sense, but, but we can, we can try. At yes. least, I think. 
and and I guess with AI and all these like softwares, new softwares, yeah. we're, we are seeing more and more buildings that are looking like Saha Hadid or or Mad Artex yeah. or or yeah. like <laughs> this kind of, you know. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, um, but yeah, like uh, th this is very good, and, and you have very good points there in the citizen engagement. Um, I was just thinking here some stats quickly that uh, even to vote for politicians which are handling more issues of the city, not only architecture, but budget and, yeah. you know, other like security and, and whatever, uh, even for voting, uh, we have like 60, 40%, like 60% voters, yeah. 40% that don't. So I guess that trying to convince people to get involved in something that touches only one single topic, it's harder. It's very hard, yeah. But then again, if we go back to what you were saying in the beginning, the potential of cities, we would be much more interesting also in voting and getting involved in what's happening in the infrastructure of the city if we would understand all the ramifications that this exactly. has, you know? So, exactly. Yeah, and um, I think that's a, a very huge topic. Also. It, it is, it is. Yeah. And and I think you know, um, in in politics in general, I think uh, especially one thing that I think we've seen kind of globally in the last last ten years or twenty years is is you know political parties who who give these sort of you know real life examples and 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 there's you know these topics whether it be climate change or immigration or anything where they kind of give these strong opinions and and paint these kind of sometimes very dark pictures of what will happen if if you know uh you don't vote against this or or, or something and that kind of activates people i don't know if that's a good thing if they if they're kind of being activated the wrong way but but somehow people people need to be like they they need need to understand the ramifications of of things and if they could realize how much these things affect them like we've been talking this whole time then i think they'd be much more active in in voting but that's the big question is how do we make people understand that how do we kind of how do we how do we make people realize that? And I think especially older generations uh, maybe aren't as interested in things like the climate as as younger people. So I think there's a there's a big thing that should be looked into. How do, how can we activate younger people? You know, people who you know who are teenagers now. You know, entering adulthood slowly, even even maybe slightly younger than that. And 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 what their views are on the future. And, and you know, because that's the big people who we are currently kind of building this society for. Right? <laughs> yes. Uh, and they're going to be influenced a lot. <laughs> exactly. So they're getting a lot of influence from us. So, yeah. Exactly. I agree. Um, but uh, mo moving more than to the side of architecture and designing with architecture, um, yeah. what is, uh, I mean, as architects, and, and I guess that's also, I, I don't guess, that's why we started Chaos as well, like Paloma and me, like co-founders and both architects, you know, and, and we have yeah. this need that, hey, we need more information to build better buildings. And yeah. um, what are, uh, so architects uh, come in a late stage uh, of the value chain. I mean, if we start yeah. with zoning and, you know, investment exactly. and All development this, yeah. and so on. So architects come at some point there uh, where you're trying to figure out, or if you're working with a developer, you would be, or, or then yourself, right? But of course, yeah. there's a developer or construction company behind. Yeah. You're working with them and then you're defining the program. Uh, you're making a lot of studies about exactly. how the building is going to look and, and, you know, 
finally yeah. all the all the projections like the zoning and the investment and like yeah. the talks and negotiations and everything are coming to realizing this thing that is going to be there in the city for a long time and that it's you know going to have a lot of or generate a lot of opinions yeah. um so what are um what do you think uh that architects should take into account uh when when addressing these things you know in order to um create spaces and buildings that create a sense of belonging in the community that are sustainable that yeah. that enhance the culture uh, the vibrancy of the culture so what are those key things that architects should take into account or should focus more as well yeah um and we're going to kind of start from a from a bit of a different direction and, and come at this but one thing that, that what you were just saying reminded me of is um we've seen now in the past years a lot of um shopping centers in 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 finland that were built in the 70s and 80s are being demolished um and i think first of all their architectural style doesn't really maybe um it isn't maybe what's what what, what people <laughs> like right now yeah. there's all like you know postmodernist stuff from the 80s that looked very kind of cool and zany at the time and still do but but they don't you know maybe they they kind of look look very old and 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 they don't attract people anymore but that's that's a sad thing as well but i think you know um when when these were being built i think the cities or the developers didn't think that they need to like invest in the sustainability or think about long-term futures for the building they just said okay this looks great right now let's let's build it up quickly and get all the people in there to go you know to get them shopping in here and um and and i think uh, one thing is is to is for you know to help these you know the developers in the cities as well just and as well as just the citizens is to help them like make them think about the long term you know um life of the building and 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 what purposes it's going to serve as i've been saying um so th so that's that's one thing for sure um and and I think you know architects. I mean, well, you're an architect, so so you've you've done more of this, uh, you know, been in contact with developers and and cities while while doing this stuff. But I I feel like maybe I mean you're better at answering this if they should have somehow more authority in that whole mm -hmm. process, you know, because they well they've studied architecture, they they might have a better understanding of what looks good. But I think maybe getting uh architects who understand these things and the social impacts and and all that much more and and then having them as a you know bigger part of that whole process but um but maybe there are some sort of hurdles there that you might know better than i do because i'm i'm not an architect so i haven't been you know exactly i haven't been pitching a, 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 a illustration of a building to a zoning zoning company or the city and saying here here's what i want to build so so maybe there's something there that could help yeah, like now I'm getting so many thoughts. Actually, I I was speaking a little bit touching the subject with Sami. Mm -hmm. Uh but um maybe if uh, you you mentioned here something really interesting. It's like architects should be more aware of the social impact. And yeah. then I guess you're saying also that they are they need to be brought earlier in the value chain so they can yeah. express their opinion earlier and affect whatever has to be affected, you know, before, exactly. before like the investment is done. Uh, so I think, and this is something I try to ask 
to Sami. I'm not sure if I did it successfully, but I will ask you again. So, or I will repeat the question, but uh, usually, I mean, urban planning starts from the municipality and it's mm -hmm. more like a reactive practice. Yeah. That's my impression of things, me being a very like engineered mind right mm -hmm. now. So uh, when the way that we have done the things is that there's a clerk, which yeah. is, or an urban planner, of course, like, uh, you know, doing mm -hmm. their stuff and then the property owners and, and cadastral, like cadastral plans and so on. And then comes the property developers uh, or construction companies uh, or banks who are financing that. But it it's always like very static. It's like, then there's the next yeah. step and the next. And those negotiations take a lot of time because there's a lot of money involved. So it, the value chain takes 20 years or more. And yeah. then there's people involved. So it's a very static process still. Um, I'm sure, yeah. So... But what if we would try to make the pair? Because what I'm trying to say is that a lot of the stakeholders need to be involved very early. Everybody wants yeah. that in the value chain. So real estate investors want to be there before the city starts to do the zoning. Yeah. Also, property developers want to have more saying in how the city goes. And also architects, because they have the social aspect and, and so on. So everybody yeah. should be, let's put it like that, in the beginning. So that means bringing all the stakeholders together before yeah. the zoning even starts. And how can exactly. we do that if it's not with tech, yeah. it, you know, to enable all these decisions to move faster? So it has exactly. to be more proactive, more on yeah. the go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and one thing that springs to mind is is maybe educating these different stakeholders and and developers and, and everyone who's involved in, in the whole you know process about these these issues and and i feel like maybe they don't they don't think about these things or as like i said you know the how they used to build you know all these you know shopping centers and things like that and just kind of prop them up quickly and and get to the next thing and and without kind of worrying about the future i feel like especially after you know in, in the past 20 years or so now that sustainability and climate change has become a much bigger thing I feel like maybe there might be a, a slow but constant shift towards thinking about these things more. I'm I'm sure that that um you know building sustainably is also you know um you know when you think about somehow advertising a building or somehow pitching it, it's obviously it, it's a it's a it's a great word to say when you're doing all that. Oh, this is sustainable. But I think also actually making making that you know making building sustainable even from a developer's or a city's point of view is beneficial for them too, uh, at least like now more than it might've been uh, in earlier decades when people didn't worry about these things yet. Um, but I think, but, but I think some, some sort of, you know, informing everyone in that whole chain about these things more. Uh, I don't know how we could do that. Maybe Arkiva should, should have these events <laughs> for, for developers and city planners and, and yeah. say, you know, Hey, you should, you should think about all these different, uh, you know, uh, points of view about sustainability and how they serve, what purpose do the buildings serve, and stuff, and and listen to the architects more. Um, yeah. But but yeah, but it's a it's a it's a it's a great question, and and it's one of those where where you know uh, uh, it's hard to get to a a solution at least quickly and easily. Easily, I think there's a lot of hurdles that need to be kind of gotten over to get there. But I'm I'm sure it's possible, and I, I feel like slowly 
we might be moving in a direction like that. I, that's just my kind of gut feeling because these things are more talked about now, sustainability in the future, much more than they were previously. So Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and that was going to be my next question. It's like, how do you think that, for example, these events like Apple 8 Day uh, yeah. or like our info, like the the roles that they have in, in I wouldn't, I wouldn't say changing, modifying, disrupting, yeah. you know, the urban planning or or uh, the architecture or or how our cities are being driven. Like, what is the role, and and what can we do to accelerate that disruption as well? Yeah, well, I think uh, first of all, like I kind of said, there is. I think that the fact that cities and municipalities have woken up and realized that they can affect the quality of their life of their citizens in more ways has definitely helped. And uh, that isn't to say that they didn't think about these things in maybe like the 1800s, but I feel like they think about them, you know, more and they've been given more emphasis in recent decades, at least in Finland, uh, as is what I've seen. And, you know, now cities designate special committees to research and come up with uh, ways to make cities more livable. One example is Lahti, which recently um, also published a new version of their local uh, architectural policy program. They made their first one in 2010. And in that, they designated a, a an architect whose entire job is to kind of is a cityscape architect to look at the mm-hmm. what the city looks like, um, and and a, and a whole like committee for that. And I think those are like great steps uh, yeah. in, in making making uh, life more sustainable in the city and 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 much more livable because they have people who who you know their their entire job is to think about that. So yes, yes, and and also. Uh, Tampere has also that the yeah. um, how would it be like cityscape committee or yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah kaupunki, kaupunki kuva is what yeah. they used in, in Lahti at least so yeah like a yeah cityscape. also cityscape yeah yeah um, so to think of just just that that they're you know designating people to think about that I don't know if they did that you know in mm-hmm. in 1850s New York or Paris or something um, <laughs> or something makes me feel like they probably didn't but um. That's uh, actually, but, there's a very interesting book uh, Kul yeah. has wrote uh, about uh-huh. that. If you're interested, it's like uh, Delirious New York or something super. Okay. I recommend it highly. One I of my favorite ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Apoli, Apoli Paiva, Apoli Day um, is is kind of our attempt at, at you know, um, taking these issues more to the forefront and, and discussing them. Um, but there's definitely still challenges with that because... Um, the architectural policy program, as we've kind of talked throughout this whole time, is is it affects uh, just citizens in the city. Um, it can help uh, cities and, and municipalities make life better for the citizens. It can make smaller towns. It can help them make make their 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 towns more you know attractive. It can do so many different things. And 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 we're still in a kind of an early stage with all this in the grand scheme of things to help you know people understand that citizens. Uh, city officials, you know, municipal governments, uh, everyone who it affects. Um, so, you know, every time we we go anywhere, like this past fall, we were at the Kuntamarkkina, uh, the kind of the municipal fair where all the different, you know, there's about 300 and something municipalities in Finland. So so people from every single one of those came to Helsinki for a couple of days and we had a little booth there and we held a couple discussions about um, these events. And, and so slowly but surely we're we're kind of informing the entire ecosystem about these things so the the change doesn't happen overnight but but with slow and consistent work i think we can we can get closer 
Yeah, like like everything in life, slower and consistent. Exactly. That's yeah. Rome, <laughs> yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Like, hey, this is super interesting. I'm just conscious about the time now. Yeah. So I will move to uh, another section of ours um, where I'm just going through a rapid uh, fireside chat, like our questions, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, you just have to answer, you know, whatever pops to your mind first. So no thinking, okay. <laughs> just answering. Uh, yeah. Are you ready? Well, I'm as ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You don't have to be nervous. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, first one. What inspired you to pursue your current career? What inspired me was was the fact that I feel like I can make uh, a difference. I can I can help advocate for these issues that I care about, which are sustainability and just the the connection that that cities and people have and how we can make the future better. Uh, sustainable and and better in in many different ways, you know, through technology and through building and 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 sort of help societies reach their potential. Yes, that was a very long answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, okay, I'll keep, I'll keep them shorter. If you want like a couple words, yeah. I'll, I'll try to do that. Okay, okay. But no, okay, you can make a difference. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So next, uh, texting or talking? Uh, texting. Wow, you're so millennial. Or <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> uh, what's for dinner tonight? For dinner tonight, uh, ooh, I think I'm going to have breakfast for dinner. So scrambled eggs and maybe something on the side. Ah, uh, that's cool. Pancakes would be nice as well. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. If you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? Ooh, the the classic cheesy answer is is world peace. Um, but obviously, and obviously that would be a great thing, um, <laughs> but especially right now, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. rambling. I'm making a long answer, especially right now with everything that's going on in the world. Um, one thing that I would change is, uh, more education, uh, globally, more people being educated. That's a good answer. All right. Uh, what's your superpower? What is my superpower? Um, it is my good social skills and um my my um language capabilities <laughs> yeah in finnish you have to have those <laughs> exactly you do right. you do right. uh summer or winter summer a million percent summer okay <laughs> uh who inspires you um there's a lot of people who inspire me um the first one actually that comes to mind is sami uh Aww. he's He's someone because I, I, you know, met him back when I was still in school and, and his whole path to where he is now and his whole story has been very inspiring and someone who I definitely look up to a lot. Oh, wow. That's super nice. And now you have to tag him and, and then comment this, like, quote. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And then what advice would you give to your younger self? That's a good question. Something I've been talk thinking about uh, recently is to just trust in yourself. Um, there can be a lot when you're young, you're you're very unsure about what you want to do and what your future is like. But but just believe in in yourself and and trust in yourself and trust that everything's going to go in a good direction. Um, and just keep keep being yourself. That's a great answer. 
Uh, yeah, that's all. The, 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 those are all the answers. So yes, you passed. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, I was I was wondering if there's going to be any football questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> have you watched it <laughs> nowadays? We yeah. can talk about every, that later. Every yeah, all the time. Um, <laughs> that's yeah, that's the only sport I watch. So yeah, maybe. I should have included that as well. Like yeah. <laughs> and, but now uh, going back very quickly, like recapping mm -hmm. what you said, because you, you had a lot of interesting points. So I just go quickly through them. Yeah. So uh, one, uh, well, you started from political science and then you went to, you know, more into uh, the architecture side and how cities yeah. can affect us. Uh, and then you said this great thing, which is like, uh, if we could only realize the potential of cities, you know, exactly for three things. One is like, Cities have a lot of people, so they create a movement. Secondly, uh, the potential really lies in people, so people yeah. are super important. And third, uh, it's like we need to realize how much cities are affecting people, like whatever we are building in them. Exactly. One one way that that could be said uh, differently is somehow that that also the people and the communities in the city are, are sort of a testing platform for the city. Uh, when they kind of they as as years and decades go by and then the city evolves, the people kind of show uh, how that development goes and and what kind of direction it goes into and 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 cities can sort of test different things and and see how how the people in the city react to them. So the people are definitely a huge key key. Yeah, in that. I agree. Uh, and then uh, you said about. Um... Uh, well, like key elements, like when when formulating policies yeah. for cities, it's like one uh, that cities would have to do like strengths and weaknesses analysis. Exactly. Uh, then secondly, that they have to speak a lot with the local residents or citizen engagement. Exactly. Uh, and then three, that you have to ensure like sustainability, for example, through uh, transforming buildings or uh, creating buildings that look timeless. So exactly. staying for longer. Exactly. Um, and and I think if I can still, I know yeah. we're just wrapping up, but something that came to mm -hmm. mind that I kind of want to add is, is um, it kind of ties into this, but also when, when building new buildings is, is who are they building them for? Um, one thing that kind of um, I think of is something like San Francisco, where, where, you know, the center of the city is, is basically just these huge tech companies now and no one can really afford to be there anymore. So so when 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 we are building new buildings, we have to think about who are we building them for? Are we building them for the local people or are we building them for some sort of business to just buy it up yeah. and, and, you know, drive up the rent and stuff like that? So so there's um actually uh, we have a, an event in February called Arquitectura in Moda, which mm -hmm. which talks about these these issues a lot. Yeah, I, I agree with you in, in there as well. Yeah. Um, well, and then uh, another thing that you mentioned was that. Um, what can architects do or how can they change to ensure that we are building, uh, you know, spaces of belonging? Uh, yeah. So you mentioned that uh, they should have more authority in, in what they do. Uh, they should yeah. concentrate in the social impact that uh, their projects are yeah. having. And then that uh, maybe we discussed that uh, they could be brought earlier in the value chain as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, just an overall sort of, you know, uh, enhancing the knowledge around all this stuff overall and that whole whole chain that whole process chain uh, all the and all the different you know um stakeholders and all the different people who are who are part of that to have a have a more complete understanding 
of the of the entire process and 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 the future and the ramifications of it i think uh, yeah and i and i feel like we're going in that direction slowly but but surely i i agree as well like um all right so that was like a quick wrap-up and then mm -hmm. my final question that we uh, ask everyone so if there were no limits what kind of technological innovation would you invent to make your life easier in the city Yeah, I, I was I was um, thinking about this this morning. The shower, actually, um, <laughs> and and the, I, I came up with a couple ideas, which I don't think even are that far fetched. I mean, something that at least one of these can be implemented overnight. Uh, but one thing that I would love is if when I'm leaving my building, I live here in in Tela, and in what I guess can be described as the center of Helsinki. When I walk out of my building, I'd love to see real time uh, data of public transport, where they are, if there's any sort of you know. Uh, disruptions or something going on so I can have a better understanding of, of how I can get to wherever I'm going faster. Um, and I feel like that that could be very easily done. I feel like that could just be like an like an iPad on a, you know, on, yeah. a, on a wall of a building, you know. Um, and the other thing that I would love to have uh, since we live up here in the north is to have sidewalks and streets heated, um, which I feel like could be done, but obviously would cost a lot of money. But um, as we're entering, you know, it's November now and we're entering the winter time. It makes <laughs> it makes uh, life, you know, tough for all of us and, um, you know, yeah. me included. And I would love if, if we could do that in a, in a, you know, somehow easily and sustainably um, where, where, you know, I think it, it would just it would help my life a lot. So I, I know these aren't very these don't include huge technological you know, <laughs> innovations. But then again, I'm, I'm making uh, life I, easier. Exactly. I just studied political science, so I'm, <laughs> but I'm not a scientist. So I'm going to leave the innovating to uh, architects and engineers and people who understand that whole whole side of, of the process much better than I do. Oh, but but these are good comments. So hey, thank you so much, like for for being with us. I think thank this you. has been super super interesting, um, and I hope that our listeners are also interested. And if you have any questions, yeah, send them over as well. Like absolutely, I absolutely, I'd love love to answer those and love to have conversations like this. So thank you very much for for uh, having me a, a part of part of your uh, series. Yeah, thank you, and let's stay tuned to the next podcast.